So our special <laughs> guest today is Kenzie Jennings. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you started in writing. Um, well, you know, it's really funny because I did a little research recently. Um, somebody came up with this term called maladaptive daydreaming. And back when I was a kid, I used to live in my head, live in my own stories, you know, sort of experience life as a fictional kind of narrative. And yeah. I didn't know that there was an actual term for it. Um, so I've been interested in storytelling since I was really young, um, I wanted to be a screenwriter, though, because I was interested in visual storytelling. And um, I did all of the prep for it. I had a great mentor when I was a teenager who guided me really well and taught me about writing treatments and option agreements and all of the technical things that you don't normally learn until you're actually in the business. Yeah. And um, and so I, and I went to film school for a couple years and kind of, yeah, film school was kind of, eh, um, mainly because I, 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 all I wanted to do was be a screenwriter. I wasn't interested in directing or anything like that. And for a while, when I was in my early twenties, I got a little bit of minor success at it in terms of financial success. Um, I had a couple of screenplays optioned and, um, the problem was, is that life gets in the way of everything. And I was going through a divorce at the time. I was really young. I'd gotten married right out of college and yeah. just kind of made all of these mistakes. And so, um, at the time that, that my screenplays were optioned, I had already entered grad school and I was studying English education. And I just kind of, I'd been, um, when I was married, I had been living in Japan. My ex was military and, um, I'd just been teaching there. So I just kind of like, you know, kind of merged into this career that I knew would be po more possible and realistic yeah. than, than living as a screenwriter, a starving screenwriter. But, um, and so the timing was really bad and I just kind of, um, the options were, were a, a couple of small production companies had optioned these two screenplays and, they just kind of ghosted me. And I, and I just, I, yeah. I, so I just, I just drew away from it. I said, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and I'd been writing a little bits and pieces like short stories and essays. Um, I'd taken up some journalism as well. Um, but I was more focused on my studies and getting a, an actual like viable job. So, um, <laughs> and then, um, so there was this big blank amount of time where I just kind of dabbled in little stuff. I didn't really do anything seriously. And then I wrote um, a novel. Um, a, it was it was not a horror novel, and I know this like horror stuff, but it was a it was a um, I hate saying this because I hate the genre, the name of the genre, a chick lit superhero novel, and I marketed it as uh, um, I pitched it as um, Bridget Jones meets Wonder Woman, and. Yeah. It, it got some interest. Um, I actually signed with a small press, Ghostwood Books, in in London, and um, something happened to the press. Um, it, you know, it's when it's a small press and it's run by only like one or two people. Things happen sometimes, and so they just stopped publishing novels. And they told all of their writers that they had signed with at the time, "We're sorry, we're going through this, this dilemma right now. It was it was a personal issue that they were having." And I felt really bad for them because I know that it's hard 
hard to keep the momentum going sometimes. So, yeah. um, but by then, by then things kind of changed. And this was, God, this was back in 2017, 18, around this time. And I had already started a horror novel. It was my very first horror novel. It was Reception. And at the time, I had befriended Jeff Strand, who does, I, I'm sure you know, he's comedy horror writer mainly, but he does all kinds of stuff. Um, and he's he became kind of a mentor to me for a while because he and he and his his wife Lynn had lived in Tampa and I I was living in I'm living in Florida you know so I, we we met up and 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 became friends and he kind of gave me some guidance on contracts like when I had my my um, my contract with Ghostwoods he kind of taught you know we went through it together just to see what 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 kinds of rights I'd be giving away all that kind of stuff. But when I got into horror writing, he was more able to help me because that's his jam. So yeah. he uh, um, he read Reception for me and he absolutely loved it and said, listen, you need to pitch this, um, but you need to pitch it at a small conference, on a, at a small event rather than something large. He was going to KillerCon in Austin and he invited me to come, you know, to to come with him. He said, there's a small press that's just starting with an anthology called And Hell Followed. It was Death's Head Press. And Jared Barbie and Patrick C. Harrison III had started this press together and had gotten all of these, these relatively well-known indie horror authors to sign on with them for this anthology. And so Jeff was going there um, because they were, you know, they said, look, we really want you to submit to us. They couldn't afford him. So they, he said, listen, um, you can pay me whatever, you know, the amount that you're paying everybody else. But here's what you're going to do. You're going to treat me and my friend to barbecue while we're in Austin. So I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> um, and so he gave me, I, I had the opportunity while we had this barbecue and it was terrible barbecue, by the way, everybody, everybody who knows the stories know the barbecue was just so bad and for Austin. As <laughs> but we all commiserate, at least we all had something in common, right? Besides horror, our love for horror. And I kind of pitched it to the guys, you know, I, I pitched it as, you know, cannibals at a wedding and they were intrigued. So, um, <laughs> I, I, when I got back from killer con, uh, Jared reached out and said, we want to, we want your book. We want to read your book. So I, I sent them the book and within a few months they had accepted it. So, and, and it was published, uh, 2019 the next year. And, and then that just kind of became the start of my horror writing experience. So now that that's what I do <laughs> as I write horror primarily, but anyway, so, what, so that is my backstory. <laughs> <laughs> so what drew you to the horror story what nah, yeah here we go again <laughs> so what drew you to the horror genre specifically um okay well I I mean let I mean like I said I uh I know a lot of horror writers kind of say the same thing oh I loved here a horror ever since I was a kid yeah we all did we really did okay Our, and we had more a lot of us had especially Gen Xers morbid childhoods you know um, we had, you know, rough parents and, and, um, you know, school bullying was a thing. So horror is naturally something that we kind of, we all were kind of drawn to, especially in like uh, Stephen King and of course movies. So it was, it was embedded in our pop culture psyche. And it was for me, obviously. Um, I, you know, 
I was, I became interested um, in the genre when I was very young, when I, because my father, who was a scary man when I was growing up, he, I remember him being incredibly afraid of a movie. It was American Werewolf in London. And yeah. he came back from that movie completely rattled. Like this, this, the scary man was scared of a scary movie. And I was fascinated by that. You know, this was, you know, this was a man. I'm like, you really, you're, you know, this tough guy is not, <laughs> is actually afraid of something. And um, he was just the special effects. They were so believable to him. And so um, I think that's what made me gravitate towards the genre when I was little, when I was young. Um, but writing though was a different matter because this reception was actually, I hadn't really considered writing horror. This is the weird part. Um, I loved it, but like, oh, I kind of like loved it from afar, like worshipped it. Sort of like, I I hold these authors in such reverence, I could never presume to be a horror writer until my little sister got married at this really weird resort in the middle of Texas Hill Country. And it was just a creepy place. And there was lots of tension going on too, at, you know, with family and stuff. And I was like, I told her, I said, I am so going to write a horror book that's set at a resort like this. And I didn't know the story until I realized when I got home, uh, you know, it's like, oh, well, the story's right there. You know, it's a wedding, you know, everybody <laughs> knows weddings. So I, it, I really took this thing that I knew and just turned it into that. And it just happened to be, I was like, it's going to be a horror story, obviously, um, because of this creepy place. But I really need, like, besides the creepy place, I need, obviously, the obstacle. You need the antagonist. You need something. So I thought, what if the groom's family were cannibals? And I was like, Texas cannibals go hand in hand. These are rich cannibals, though. These, these aren't Texas Chainsaw Massacre, backwoods, mutated cannibals. These are, like, really well oil cannibals, you know, yeah. oil country cannibals. <laughs> and... Um, and, and so that's, that's basically how, how that, that started there in in terms of the horror writing. Um, but I realized also that it's extraordinary. And, and I, I know other authors, I, I know of other authors who said the same thing. Horror writing is cathartic. And I mean, it allows us to, if we have, we're frustrated with some element of society or something going on in our lives, it's a great way to cut loose and not harm anyone. You know, it's not, it's harmless. Yeah. Um, you know, I hate, I hate hearing the research though. You have people saying that people, horror writers are psychopaths because of this. I'm like, no, not at all. It, it's the extreme opposite. Actually, we're incredibly empathetic people and, and sympathetic people. Um, and that's our therapy is this, you know, the, the, we, we get this horror is an an emotional experience, like an extreme emotional experience. So yeah. But anyway, so yeah, I have stuck with the horror genre because I have found it absolutely cathartic. So, yeah. So just, just, just a quick question. How did your sister feel about you writing a um, (laughs) horror story on a wedding? Oh my gosh. Okay. So, so, well, I mean, she loved it. Right. But, when, when the book finally came out, um, I, I can't say anything about the book because if anybody wants to find it, you know, read it, get it, read it yeah. and whatnot. Um, but I can say that when she read it, 
she said, uh, she texted me and all she said, can, can I swear on this show? Of course <laughs> <Can> you can. <laughs> okay. And then he said, I have to say exactly how, how she said it. She said, what the fuck have I ever done to you? <laughs> so, <laughs> now after, that was after she read it too. So yeah. But she really loved, she, she is, um, my baby, my, both of my sisters are, are my biggest cheerleaders, you know, they they, they love it. And my baby sister is, and she and I, we, we've been through this kind of creative, like in the arts kind of, she wanted to be an actress and she got that because I had gone into acting for a small bit of time in my life. Just that, that weird gap that I was saying before, you know, yeah. did a little, did a little community theater, nothing big. I was in an improv comedy group too. And it was, it was, it was terrible. I shouldn't have done it, but she loved watching it. And so she wanted to do it too. And she went to school to study musical theater. So, um, so we had this arts connection and she, so and my other sister too, she, she's very artistic. She's now into graphic design and whatnot. And so we've got the arts running in our family. So we are our biggest cheerleaders. So they read my mm-hmm. books and they're like, what the hell? But they love it, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> so walk us through your process for developing a story. And I know you've been cheating. <laughs> I know, I know. I, well, and this isn't, this isn't, this is actually, um, I like this question because it comes up a lot because of writing. We're all writers and I, and I have to, and I teach writing for a living. You know, I, I, I specialize in rhetoric and composition and I teach that to freshmen in college. And so the process, I always tell them the process for me is not going to be necessarily the same for them. I am, I heard, was it pantser and plotter? Is that what it is? Um, yeah. The pantser by the seat of the pants. I am a plotter. And I have, I have, first of all, I have to find inspiration in something. Um, and whether it's, and it's uh, lately, as I've grown older, it's always been something real. It's something, there is something solid that frightens me or frightens somebody I know. And I'm like, let's, I got to turn that into something. So I take notes on my phone. I do. Cause it, it's, it, I guess it's the 21st century notebook. I don't know, but yeah. I have like all of these crazy ass notes all in my phone. So uh, again, if like the FBI or anybody took my phone, they would really think there was something wrong with me (laughs) (laughs) the morbid notes and research notes too, you know, things like I found this and I, you know, I just put the citation where I found like a fact that I might want to put it in a story or something. Um, but yeah, so my process is meticulous in that I keep meticulous notes on my phone. Um, I shouldn't even say they're meticulous to me, but not to somebody else. You know, I, I know my own organization. And then what I do is I upload them to my computer and then start outlining from it. Um, and I have to, because um, I I can't, the only thing that I've, I've ever been able to write by the seat of my pants, just just start writing right away are short stories. And even that goes awry for me because I, I always need to know where the story is going to go. If I, even if I change it later, I have to have some kind of like push to an ending. And especially now, because I've got this kind of, I don't want to say writer, you know, we all have our little gimmicks and whatnot. I like twists. I like really good twists and turns. So I use that a lot in my writing. And so I, I will, reception had three endings. And so, and when I finally found an ending, it just, it really polarized all the readers. (laughs) 
you know, just like the, yeah. the ending that at the actual book, but I love it. So I I'm like, I have to, even if I change it to something else, the story still has to move in that direction. Um, and that means that if I change the editing and ed- ending, I have to go back and re-outline. I have to go back and say, I've got to insert this scene here and this scene here, because otherwise it's like a deus ex machina. It's just, there's a twist, but there's no reason for it. What, what is that? You know, it's just out of nowhere. You know? so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's my, pro- that's kind of my, my very, or I don't want to say OCD, but it's very organized kind of process. And then I start drafting and then rewriting. Um, and, and then the editing process for me, I kind of, I, I don't edit as I go along. I kind of, um, I don't want to say, cause I'm, you know, my job makes me really meticulous with my own writing. Um, but I go back and I try to see if I, if I forgot anything, the continuity yeah. is important to me too. And so, yeah, I have beta readers too, but you know, beta, even beta readers sometimes are blind to things. So it's like you get an extra eye and then you have to go back again yourself um, yeah. and check it. But yeah. And then, and then it turns into obviously what it is, the the book or, or whatever it is. So that's my process. <laughs> <laughs> kind of long winded. I know. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, you're right though. Um, you can miss some things because obviously you're seeing those words constantly and you know exactly yeah. what's going to happen and what's going to come next. And exactly. even with beta readers, you, you can get the same thing with beta readers. They've read so many books that they probably just skim over things, not meaning to, but obviously that can happen and right. little things can be missed. Right. And I, I always tell my students too, it, it's, it, and it's exactly as you've touched upon. If, if you've read way too much in a short amount of time, you develop what I call writer eye, which means you don't see your mistakes. You know, it's over and over and over and, and you've seen too much text and it's just been, in, you know, in your line of sight, you've been reading way too much. So, yeah. Um, and, and it's the same with reading, you know, it's just, you read too much. So you're, you, you just, you miss it. You do, you do. It's too much, yeah. too much information all at once. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So how do you go about creating new characters? What's the process for that? Well, um, reception was easy because they were, you know, little bits and pieces from, from people I knew. And then people I obviously didn't, you know, create totally creative characters. But recently I've been like, okay, so there is a splatter Western book, part of the death head press splatter Western series. You don't, they're all individual stories, so you don't have to read them in order or anything, but they're, I think they're, How many of them are there now? I don't know. Mine is number seven. Mine is Red Station. And a lot of my readers were drawn to it. A lot of people who started to read my work love that book. They started with that book. I, I would have liked Reception, but th- that's not necessarily the case. And of course, Red Station um, is slightly based on a real family. Like the, the antagonists are based on the Bloody Benders, who are the the first American serial killing family. And they were in Kansas in the 1870s. And, um, and so, um, but, but the protagonist in it, the, the heroine in it is a completely invented character who just someone I wanted 
like, I guess that maladaptive dra- daydreaming. If I've, I like when I was a kid, I really wanted to be like a badass superhero kind of thing. Like, like, like kids do, you know, but adults yeah. do. And I thought, what kind of woman would I just be enamored with just watching her act, you know, and watching her actions, uh, listening to her talk. And I just, I developed a character out of that. And, and I felt the, the best part about it was that I found that all of the readers who loved Red Station loved her. That's why they loved Red Station. And I said, they all thought the same way I did. They wanted to see a, a, this female character who wasn't this kind of cartoonish, like, I don't know, final girl superhero. She was, she was fallible. Yeah. But she was, I wanted to make her classy and interesting and have a mysterious kind of backstory to her. And so I, you know, I'm now working on a book that is just about her because of people requesting it. And I, you know, I'm like, you know what? I want it too. Um, The, 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 my most recent work that's out is a short story in the anthology Hot Iron and Cold Blood that came out was it this past month, last month, I think September, maybe was it this month? Um, and it has a story about her in it, about the character, about, um, Clyde Northway from Red, from Red Station. Um, and I, I, I'm just, (laughs) the more I write about her backstory, the more I love her and everybody around her. So (laughs) I just, the process of creating a character now is, a character that I just, I want to not just befriend, but, but, but want to be in that kind of maladaptive daydreaming way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that silly? I don't know. I, you know, I'm a middle-aged woman who's fantasizing. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I think authors all have their own different ways of creating characters. They, some base mm-hmm. them on personal experiences and things like that and mm-hmm. I think just everybody's got that uniqueness it doesn't matter yeah. how you do it you've done it and that's the main thing isn't it yes absolutely mm-hmm. so sure what's the most difficult story or scene that you've ever had to write and why I can actually answer that um because I I, I thought about writing about that um I haven't like I've I only have four books out, but I have a lot of shorts out there, short stories and and whatnot out there. Um, and one short story that comes to mind um, that that was in, that was very difficult to write because it it was one of those that was there were things that that were cathartic um, about traumas that I that I'd had before. And I just, you know, you put it in a work of fiction and it's, it's just out there. So it's very vulnerable. Yeah. Um, it was a short story called, uh, titled Peelings. And it was in the, um, the anthology Worst Laid Plans by Grand, um, Samantha Kolesnik uh, was the editor and Grindhouse Press put it out. Um, and, um, it was about, you know, bad vacation, you know, horror and, and trips, vacations. Um, and the Peelings is about a woman who's, uh, you know, because I live in Florida, I wanted to write about Dis- something about Disney, you know, <laughs> I, wanted some, yeah. I, I hate to say that, you know, but it's, it's, it's kind of Disney, but I don't mention it. And, and it's just about a family that's there. And the husband is 
is, uh, and her daughters are just abusive to her, to this woman. And so it's kind of, it's kind of got this weird, fantastic bit in it with involving the, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever heard this at Disney world, they have what's called the princess breakfast and it's where little, little kids can have like uh, breakfast with the Disney and Disney princesses, you know, you know, women dressed up characters, people playing characters. But, uh, um, I thought, what if we took that element and made it into something sinister so that she's been dying to get out of the situation, you know, and, 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 she's supposed to be in the happiest place on earth and she's having a horrible time. And, um, the ending is kind of, again, it's that kind of, she lets go, but this, you know, this strange uh, Disney-esque princess comes in and, and confronts her in the, in the restroom of this, of this place. And, um, I can't really give too much away, but it is, it, it yeah. was a, it was a form of a escapism, you know? So, and it's, and it's violent and horrifying and, but, uh, but not as, not as horrifying as the situation she was in throughout the whole thing, you know? It's, um, and so, yeah, that was very difficult to write, to write a story about an abusive family, you know, and genuinely domestic violence is hard to write about. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is from personal experience and, um, but it, it is the only short story I've ever done that actually has that sort of, that real traumatic darkness to it. Um, yeah. the, the others are kind of, yeah, there's, there's some realism in it, of course, but not to this extent. Um, so yeah. And I, you know, the, the feedback I got from that was always like, I hate the, I hate the husband. I hate the kids. I'm like, of course you do. Yeah, of course you do you, yeah. because you were in that character, the character of the woman, the, the wife who wants to get out, you know, you, who, who's, who's stuck there with them. So yeah, that was, that was definitely the hardest piece I've ever written. Um, there are more I'm sure, but that's one that's, that's been popping up in my psyche for a while. So for sure. Yeah. Domestic violence is, uh, isn't a very nice topic. Is it really? No, it's, 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 and it's horror. <laughs> it's it's yeah. real life horror so you know and 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 as i said i mentioned before i mean gen xers familiar with it we're familiar with it we're familiar with with difficult people in our lives and family members like that and and it just kind of it for right for horror writers it bleeds all the time into writing of course in some way mm-hmm. shape or form so That's yeah right. So have you got any memorable feedback from a reader that's made an impact on you? Um, yeah, I mean, I have like, it's always a mixture of stuff. Um, I, you know, I, I hate saying this cause, cause I, I want to go back to, cause she's fresh in my head. The, the lady had read the red station character. Um, I have the best feedback I get are from, my female readers who love her because they yeah. love her so much, you know, they, and, and it's sort of this kind of, I, I want to express to them that I, I know they love her because I love her too. And it's just kind of a mutual thing, but that, that sort of feedback when that, when a reader kind of not just gets you, but just like adores what you've created adores yeah. it you know j- that always resonates with me you know <laughs> and I'm kind of it's not kind of I'm not I'm chuffed that they loved it it's it's this kind of 
you know, sister, you know, you, you want to be this woman too. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. So yeah. Um, and you know, and feedback from other things. Um, one of the, uh, going back to reception, um, one of the things that I got, because the protagonist is going through um, a condition called benzodiazepine withdrawal syndrome, she's come out of rehab to be in her sister's wedding. And it's a court mandated rehab. And you're not supposed to, uh, those who've been on benzodiazepines like Xanax and Valium and whatnot and Ativan, uh, rehab is not the place for them. It's a dangerous, dangerous thing to do. And so, we know that this woman is on edge. And um, I had, what was really interesting was that I had a couple of readers message me and say, how did you get that condition down so well? You know, and, 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 and of course it revealed that they had had it too. You know, they had undergone yeah. the benzodiazepine withdrawal syndrome and, um, and I told them, I said, uh, me too, you know, I, I, you, the whole writing from life. I'm like, I could not have written this. Of course, research went into it, but I, I could not have written it as relatively authentically, you know, without all the horror involved that I could without having had it, you know, experienced those side effects, experienced all yeah. of that. So, I mean, I'm obviously the character was, again, the horror element was over the top, but, but that part of it. And that was always interesting to me too. And when, again, it's going back to resonating with characters. I love that, but I hadn't considered, I I don't consider the deeper aspects of that. I don't consider, and it's really shallow of me to say something stupid like that, I'm sure. But I don't, I, I, it always startles me when a reader says, I really appreciated this because I had been through this and this was, this was exactly what I went through. You know, I, I'm, I, I sit there and go, what? Oh, that's right. I yeah. did. Right. We, that was, that was the core of it. I forgot about that. So that, that always resonates with me too, whenever I hear that from readers as well. Um, but yeah, so I, I yeah. <laughs> I'm just, and now I'm just thinking back to the things I've heard. Oh, yeah, about that. That's interesting. Uh, anytime, I, you know, it's like all the memories that come flooding back. You know? <laughs> so have you got any exciting projects that you're currently working on that you can share with us? Oh, golly. Okay. Well, okay. Any Anyone who knows me knows that I have these weird hiatus. You know, I, I have like multiple projects going on right now. But I, I, I couldn't, I can't write right now because I, I am in heavy essay grading, research paper grading. I've got, my work is just crazy. Um, so the day job kind of keeps me from that. I write little bits and pieces and whatnot, but I don't have enough. But yeah, I have, um, I've had this book going on for the past year and a half, uh, Northway, which is the sequel to Red Station, as I said before. Um, yeah. It's kind of a sequel, yeah. prequel. It's about, again, it's about the character. Um I also have, and I am finishing the last touches on it, a psychosexual horror thriller called Nice Girl. And the title, I'm still kind of messing with the title a little bit, but that's the working title. And it is um, a, think of like, remember the 90s, like erotic thrillers, like Fatal Attraction and Basic Instinct. Well, Fatal Attraction was late 80s and whatnot. But I, I wanted to do something like that, um, I, but turn it into uh, something very Florida set. 
and have a have a horror straightforward horror element to it too so um there is i'm working on finishing up that and then retitling it coming up with something different with that i don't know if i'm going to go with a publisher or not with it i might i might just put it out myself um um because it's hard it's kind of hard um it's it's funny whenever i'm trying to market something and seeing what publishers especially particular niche parts of the genre like um <laughs> things like like 90s erotic thrillers you know, like wh- which publishers would be interested in something like that but but anyway so i i want i hope i hope to finish it by december you know i hope so i i, I don't i hate saying giving myself deadlines um, there are some short stories that I've committed to. Um, and I, oh, golly, I, you know, this is like one of the worst things right now is when I commit to something during the worst part of the school term. Um, because I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm going to be able to turn, I, I don't know if I'm going to make one of my deadlines and I just realized that yeah. now. Um, but I've got several short stories as well. I've committed to a, a few anthologies for them. Um, trying to think what else. Oh yeah. Okay. So, um, there is a, um, kind of a novelette called Wreckers that's in two publications, um, in, um, oh gosh, what was the name of that publication? It was The Avarice from DNT Publishing. And it was about, you know, the sin of avarice and, um, and Wreckers also appeared in, I, I self-published a collection um, titled Always Listen to or Hurt. And it was a lot of pre-published stuff. And Wreckers was one of them. But I wanted to turn Wreckers into something larger. So I've started that. It is a yeah. pre-apocalyptic horror novel about a cult that wants everybody to be decimated for ruining the earth. And so they deliberately cause car crashes. And... Um, and and I, I, I it's my favorite story I've ever written, and only a few people have have like remarked on it. And I'm like, okay, well, what if I turn this into something bigger? So I'm working on that too, you know, in between days. Um, but yeah. yeah, those are those are the things that I'm that I'm currently working on. Um, everything is always subject to change. Um, again, it's like asking me what I'm working on during a, a, during a a really hectic term at school is, is hard to answer. It's hard for me to answer. So yeah, as as long as you don't ask me when the deadlines are, when they'll be out, because I have no (laughs) idea. I have no idea. That's what I'm working on. No, that's fine. (laughs) Okay. So if you've got any advice for aspiring writers who want to break into the horror genre, what would you say? Um, boy, it, that, that's one that changes constantly. Um, I was going to say, don't hesitate. Um, be smart about it when you do this, when I say this, but don't hesitate to reach out to an author you admire. Don't hesitate to do that. Don't, and what I mean by, what I mean by that is don't be creepy when you do, (laughs) don't be weird, you know, just, (laughs) Um, cause yeah, you know, I, it, it's like, I, I try to respect other authors business and try not to interfere, you know, understand that their, that their time is valuable too. you know, respect them. And again, yeah, don't, don't be creepy about it. Um, but yeah, reach out to an author you really admire 
and um, and then strike up a connection with them somehow, you know, even if it's a matter of if they're if they're reasonably local, take them out for coffee or something, Um, because those connections are what matters. It's the one constant throughout my years of, of, of writing in general and wanting to be a writer was the, the commonality was I always had a mentor and it was yeah. always somebody in the business. And, um, granted, you know, I hate saying this because, um, there's a lot of stuff going on right now, but, um, have respect of that mentor mentee relationship to, um, it's, it's vital, you know, you can be friends, but watch everything else around you be safe, be wise, you know, um, and understand that whatever relationship it turns into know where it first began, you know, it's, it's, it's the whole reason why you're here and why you're writing, why you're writing. You want someone to, to help you and guide you. And then you want to do the same for someone else down the yeah. line. So that, that's my biggest piece of advice. I think that's been a constant. So. Fantastic. So where can we find your books, Kenzie? Well, um, Death's Head Press. Um, I think it's also Dead Sky Publishing. Um, they're also, uh, the books are available everywhere. They're on Amazon. They're in Barnes and Noble and whatnot. Um, I have, I am going to be setting up my own shop um, at some point. I'm hoping over the Christmas break. Um, for my website, KenzieJennings.com, um, because I don't have a shop on it. I just, it yeah. looks like a blog, you know, and it doesn't look like a, we- a writer website. And I'm like, all right, well, I've got to find some time to turn it into something where people can purchase signed books because I, I have inventory, you know, and so I, you know, I, I can certainly do that. Um, but KenzieJennings.com, obviously, but, but the places right now, obviously Amazon, Death's Head Press. Um, I think it's, again, I think it's Dead Sky Publishing is, is their big and big, their, their big publishing co- company. Um, yeah. I'm so confused by it, but, but anyway, um, and Barnes and Noble, Apple book, books, etc. Um, but yeah, you can find it, find it all there. It's all there. And if you, if you, I have an author page on Amazon too, I have that. And I think now I'm a, I'm, I know I do it for Goodreads as well. And I know that I have one for, as of now, book, is it BookBub? Is that what it's called? BookBub? Yeah. Does that sound familiar? Because <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't know that you set up a page for it. And you had to be accepted and everything. And I, they had to verify you and everything. I was like, oh my gosh, it's a process. Um, I just joined that. So don't, you know, don't go there and expect to see anything, a lot of anything. On it. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's, there. <laughs> yeah, nobody tells you this one thing, you know, I, I really, I, I, there's this like, uh, you know, speaking of like little things you're working on, I have this piece that I, this essay I'm working on called, I want to be a, I want to be a better writer. And it's just a long spiel about everything that doesn't have to do with actual writing, but everything around it, such as the business of writing. And yeah. it, there's, it is so time consuming. And so these people who, who are able to not think about a day job, who do this for a day job, I, you know, that th- they have the time to create a website for themselves and a storefront, you know, and they have the time to complete their books. It's just, it's just nuts. <laughs> So, the marketing side of it as well that's the oh, time 
job on its own. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, thank goodness for social media. That is, I mean, that has helped me and so many other uh, writers right now. Uh, it, it, we, I remember going to the Tampa Bay Publishing Conference. It was my first publishing event that I did and like real events where I was on a pan- my first panel, you know, everything. And, um, there was a, 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 an older woman in the audience who said, I will never be on social media. And I'm just like, I, I walked out of it thinking what, a, what an arrogant, idiotic thing to say in the 21st century. If you want to be a writer, you have yeah. to be connected. And it's, and the, the marketing now, because of that, the marketing now is, it's still time consuming, but it's a heck of a lot easier than it used to be. <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine trying to, I can't even imagine what those guys, you know, horror writers back in the nineties, you know, and, and, and early two thousands when, what was the name of that? The pub, remember the one publisher that did nothing but horror. And it was a big one. And everybody was under them. Everybody was with them. Um, so they had to do all of their marketing through them. And now publishers don't even bother. They, they just say, you know, you, you set it up. They might do things like get you interviews, but you know, well, we're going to have a table at this convention, but you know, whatever. So social media is, is, is our lifeline now. Yeah. Thank goodness with the readers. That's right. It connected me with you. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been a pleasure speaking to you, Kenzie. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Um, read more horror. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay, so um, what links do you want me to put at the bottom of your YouTube video? Um, Oh yeah, I guess um the I guess the Amazon link to my author author page, maybe. Yeah, that would probably okay. be the best. I would put that and KenzieJennings.com too. You can put that too. Okay, that's, fine. <laughs> that's fine. I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll put both of them at the bottom. Um okay. probably looking either tomorrow or Monday for when it goes live. You are amazingly fast. I, I mean, I'm, I'm so impressed. I'm <laughs> just like, wow, <laughs> you, you have it down. Out of all the podcasters I've had, I've, I've interviewed with and and listened to, it's like you, you are churning it out, and I'm impressed. So, oh, I'm trying, I'm trying to get everybody to have a voice in the horror community, and, and it's wonderful. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Well, thank you for chatting with me and for your time. It's been lovely. Same here. And and I hope to talk to you again sometime. <laughs>